All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle to the lightest parts of us. Are we human because we gaze at the stars, or do we gaze at the cosmic of pointless rays? When the stars were right back, they could plunge from world to world to the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back listeners. Today we will be playing session 16 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you all today? How? I'm playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and uh, I can't wait to just deliver this guy's mail. Brayden. Hey, playing Sophie Bazazwan and I am excited to be back in my hometown. Noxicals. I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin, and uh, I'm just sitting here chewing on some human fingers. Awesome. Great. And Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moes, still in a state of indefinite insanity. And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day. Owl, tell us what happened last time. Our investigators debate how to obtain justice for the newly rescued Hasina. Revealing that she is still alive might put her in mortal danger if the villagers believe, as she does, that she's an unnatural aberration. She has her heart set on personal vengeance against her would-be murderer, Ziab Ali, but is persuaded to remain at the caravan's campsite in Tenzin's calming presence, while Timur keeps an eye on her and Shen Chu. Sofyan and Eudora set off to meet with village elder Atif Bayig to charge him with bringing Ali to justice. Approaching the village, however, they witness Ziab Ali whipping its inhabitants into unrest. Managing to remain unseen and attract the village elders' attention discreetly, they tell Bayik that Ali killed Hasina and desecrated the other graves in order to cover up his murder. Bayik doesn't believe them, and without hard evidence, he says he cannot protect them from the crowd, which Ali is convincing that these outsiders are working with Yatini the cannibal giantess. The two return to the camp to order a hasty departure before the mob can be mobilized. Last-minute acts of arson and sabotage are briefly contemplated, but unwilling to risk the lives or livelihoods of Ali's innocent family, the party leaves with their thirst for vengeance unslaked. On the road, Hasina wrestles with her other dark thirst, and the party has to take care to keep her away from corpses or burial grounds, which invariably tempt her ghoulish hunger. Travelling the road to Leh, the party spies what looks to be one such corpse partway down a steep slope, the rocky path having apparently crumbled under a luckless traveller. The young man turns out to be injured but still alive, and Sofyan is able to climb down to his rescue. Once hauled to safety and briefly revived, the barely conscious man gives his name as Harit Pashim, a message runner with an urgent communique for his boss, Mr. Strudwick, in the Indian civil service. He begs the party to ensure its safe delivery to Srinagar, Sofyan's hometown to which they were fortunately already en route. The caravan sets off once more along the treacherous mountain road, with a convalescent Harit Pashim in tow. After a few weeks long trip, 
you arrive at Srinagar, your destination, uh, with passion, mostly unconscious. And you ask around and manage to find Stradwick's office. You make your way there. Uh, I imagine all of you, including Passion, who manages to walk wobbly and is not looking great still, but is semi-conscious, uh, as well as his very precious wallet. And you enter his office. At first, he greets you warmly. Welcome, welcome. How may I... Passion! Oh, oh my god! What happened to you? We need, we need to take you to see a doctor. Are you, are you okay? He gets up and approaches you, trying to check up on his employee. What happened to him? Tell me. I'll sort of make sure I point to where the wallet is being kept. I assume Pashin still has it. Um, and I'll say, we found him in our travels here. Uh, he'd fallen down a gorge and was seriously injured. Oh. Oh. Wow. I'll, I'll arrange for him to uh, see a doctor right now and thank you. He takes the wallet from your hand. He opens it briefly and looks within to see that everything is still in order. Uh, thank you so much for your services to the crown, kind strangers. If you ever need my help in the future, please do get in touch without hesitation. Here's my card, he says and hands you his card. For now, if you'll excuse me, I have to take uh, my employee to the hospital. Post haste. And he ushers you out of his office. Of course. Quest complete. Ding, ding, ding. Complete. That's a useful person for us to be owed a favour by, I assume. Mm. Absolutely, in British India. Yes. And that was the end of this side quest. Well done, everyone. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for How listening, guys. Pay? Join us next episode. <laughs> Uh, for some um, practical things, you get two self-improvements okay. at this point from Yay. your trip uh, to Srinagar. There's a chance, Sina, you get one because you weren't there the whole time. You only done like half of it. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Have a think about what kind of things you feel like your characters would have been practicing and training in the trip up to now. Uh, also, another thing we can do is, uh, Sofian, would you like to use meeting your family in Srinagar to try and improve your sanity? I would love to do that. So we can do a little scene for that. And also, Sofian, since you decided that you were going to try and give Hasina therapy sessions during this trip, and it has been a month, uh, you can roll psychoanalysis at 1% to see if you have cured her from her indefinite insanity. Okay, I'm feeling lucky. I'm pretty sure that giving a, a highly traumatised woman therapy from a completely unlicensed and unpracticed therapist is definitely going to end well. Not that <laughs> much worse absolutely. than a silence at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's probably That's true. true. Yeah, at least you're not targeting her with a fire hose or electrocuting mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you know he's not doing that? Maybe that's his. Maybe that's his his technique. You wake her up at five in the morning. Somehow you've sourced a car battery and some jumper cables. <laughs> oh Lord! Come on, this is time to intimidate the madness out of her. Oh, she <laughs> suffered enough, guys. Come on. <laughs> she really oh. has. I'm gonna try and do an improvement on my psychoanalysis. I think maybe I can become the party oh. therapist. 
oh, amazing. You'll have like a 3% chance of helping yeah. instead of a 1%. <laughs> nice. That's oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for you. Three times the amount. First, let's uh, do the improvements. Asina, you've only been traveling for one month or so now. Uh, a bit a bit more, but not too much. So why, why did you choose to improve uh, while you're traveling? Hasina has chosen to learn some knife skills so that she can better defend herself in the future, should she be in such a position again. Unfortunately, she's still very confused and not feeling at all well in herself. So she's only managed to improve the base fight skill by two. So at least she knows one end of the knife from the other at the moment, but uh, she's working on it. <laughs> uh, better than nothing, better than nothing. This is true. Eudora. So Eudora is continuing in her uh, her syllabus for Shen Chu. It's very important that she pick up uh, as much history as possible. And while we're wending our way through these mountains, I figure she'd be sort of poring over maps with her and trying to teach her how to navigate and how a caravan works and all the rest of it. Um, Shen Chu, as we know, is very resistant to these lessons. And I, I think Eudora said she was going to try and drag Hasina along. Uh, also, what, what's Hasina's response to being force-fed history by an archaeology professor? <laughs> I think I think she'd enjoy it, actually. I think she's never really had the opportunity to do much book learning. She's got quite high natural intelligence, but she's only got 30 in edu. So I, I, I had kind of that she's had a lot of sort of private tutors, but they haven't taught her above the, the level that she's probably capable of, of learning. So I think she'd be really curious and happy to join in with the history lessons. But she can't because she's already dedicating that month to knife lessons, unfortunately. Uh, we, we've Ooh. established that Eudora is a very bad teacher, so also, she, she doesn't actually learn anything. Hasina actually has some history already. Mm -hmm. So there's a chance she just tells you things you already know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She joins in the lessons. Um, she joins in, but it's maybe it's a bit more basic than than she uh, than she's used to. But she's happy to just be there and to be around people who aren't trying to either burn her alive or nail her to a cliff. I love it. She can be the teacher's pet because we're very much going at the pace of a. How old is Shen Chu? She's fourteen or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're very much going at the pace of a fourteen-year-old uneducated former street urchin. So you can help me corral this this wily child. Uh, <laughs> urchin and so, wrangling. Is exactly. urchin wrangling a skill? It should be. Put it on there. <laughs> it is now. Well, hey. Eudora would like to improve the closest things to urchin wrangling. Specifically, uh, she's gone up a couple of points in psychology and a couple in persuade. And um, so she's now got a whopping 16 psychology and 12 persuade. Just Please. enough to keep uh, Shen Chu in her chair for like 10 minutes a day. 16 in psychology? Oh, yeah. What did she doesn't you have to actually like tie her to the chair anymore. No, that was the first. Yeah, this is the second mm. time improving psychology. Okay. And so she got like three points last time and now three again. So yes. it's doing great. Okay. Sofian. Uh, Sofian succeeded on one of his two roles and he spent that time learning sort of different ropes and knots and things for climbing so he can uh, continue his successful climbing uh, endeavors and Hopping he gained as uh, climb. As <laughs> climb. he gained five points into climb so he's at 35 Not bad. 
God damn. Lime. What did he fail at? He failed a second power roll, so he uh, was too busy, perhaps, trying to psychoanalyze Hasina. Did you focus <laughs> on anything else? Very poorly. Very she was quite distracting, to be fair. <laughs> and uh, Timor and Shenchu. Uh, so Timor was fairly successful. He focused in on uh, his rifle again. Uh, and uh, so rifle is now up to 56, and he spent some time looking out at the horizon whilst using the rifle. I don't know. He's increased his spot hidden as well. Uh, Shen struggled to pay attention to Eudora's lessons and uh, didn't really learn any navigate, but she did learn a little bit of history. Very nice. There you go. Sofian, uh, as we said, you have been trying to psychoanalyze Hasina with zero knowledge of psychology. Why don't you make us your role and know that if you fumble, she will lose 1d6 sanity. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> Equal odds of And also, a- your relationship will be ruined. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't fumble, but I got a 78 against 1, so I don't have the luck to spend. Sorry, Azina. You can't spend oh, 77 no. luck to pass. Oh, dear. <laughs> you so... broke her brain. It's fine. Nothing happens. Your relationship isn't ruined. She doesn't lose any further sanity. Uh, it's probably almost like a bonding experience. However, she, she appreciates the attention, but n- not much sanity is regained from this because you are speaking nonsense. And finally, in Srinagar, Sofian gets to meet his family or do whatever else he'd like to, to interact with that part of his backstory. It is not time yet for investigator development phase, which would be the phase you would normally uh, do this kind of interacting with your backstory. But because we're in Sofian's hometown, uh, and that's special, I'll make an exception. I'm sure you already know the rules, but for the listeners... um, so first, you need to go into a little bit of detail about how you are seeking healing through your backstory uh, and what you're putting at risk by doing that, potentially. And then uh, you make a sanity roll after you role play the scene. And then, based on the outcome of that sanity roll, you will either gain 1d6 sanity points or you will lose one sanity point and I will revise that aspect of your backstory reflect your failure another question is are you interact is this your key connection or is it just a a backstory so the only significant person i have is adam who is passed away but his Mm -hmm. his grave is in srinagar Mm -hmm. so although he may have some family cousins you know uncles aunties here he may leave spending any time with them to like the very last sort of moments of our time here in Srinagar and just spend the majority of the time at Adam's grave, just sort of talking, I guess, to his spirit or, you know, what he believes to be his spirit and just sort of venting and discussing. Okay, yeah. Uh, Talk to us about your interaction and what goes through your head and how you use this as an opportunity for healing by your brother's grave. Uh, He'd spend the time sort of discussing and uh, sitting and just kind of telling Adam about the 
adventures that they'd had so far and how he desired that Adam was there with him or that Adam was there in his place, perhaps. He would leave, you know, bring like a fresh set of flowers almost every day that he's there and just try to think of the times that Adam and he spent together and, yeah, just sort of discuss things with with his lost brother. Uh, feel free to give us a sanity roll. Okay. Uh, I missed it by six points. Unfortunately, you can't spend luck on your sanity rolls. Mm. So you lose one sanity, and I get to be super mean. Nice. Sophian. Oh no. As you go to your brother Adam's grave every day, and you think about your travels together and your journeys and trying to kind of hold on to the details and savor them. It doesn't take too long until you start getting the sense that maybe you were responsible for his death. Can you remind me, how did he die? He died in the war. Uh, Sofian was too old to serve, so he wasn't allowed to serve alongside him. And he went off and fought and died. Okay. Well, you start remembering how he didn't want to go to war. He wanted to stay with you. And he had concocted a plan to fake insanity in order to be allowed to not go and stay with you. But at the time, you felt, like the rest of your family did, that that would be a disgrace to your family and you pushed him to go. You hadn't let yourself think about that for a while, but now you remember that if it weren't for you, the most important person in his life, telling him to do what's right and to not be a coward, maybe he would have still been alive. And you're left with a terrible feeling, a bitter taste in your mouth. On the one hand, if you had agreed with him, if you had let him take the easy road, you'd still have him in your life. And on the other, you're risking your life right now to save the world. How how could he? How, how could he be the kind of person who would want to back down when you haven't thought about backing down once? And ruminating over those memories over and over again as you visit his grave sours your connection to him. You find yourself wanting to go there less and less and wanting to avoid thinking about him. You, you're not sure how you feel about him as a person and you definitely don't want to feel the guilt of your part in his death. Please remove your key connection to your brother. You have no key connection. Sophian. Last time he visits the grave, he'll just walk up to it and throw some fresh flowers down, not place them gently, just sort of toss them down onto the onto the grave and look at it for a few moments and just say, I'm sorry, brother. And then make his way back to his friends and if any of them 
you know, mention going to visit some of Sofian's family. He'll just say that everyone's busy and that we should just leave Srinagar as soon as possible. Please also amend your significant people backstory element to say Adam, his younger brother, killed while serving in the Great War. When he thinks of him, he only feels guilt and anger, so he doesn't anymore. All right. How do you all feel about um, getting on with our journey and uh, exiting Srinagar? We have many important things ahead of us, more so than being here. Are you sure? Positive. Let's uh, let's go. It may be a very long time before we are back here, my friend. Hmm. Yes, I, I, I thought you missed your family. You were so keen to get here. I'm a little. I mean, we hadn't even met them. Maybe when this is all over, we can take a break and come back. But for now, I think there's more important things to do. Asina will look at him steadily and lay a hand on his arm and say, "There is a way. Your brother could still come with us." and still be a part of this group, if you want me to. She doesn't say anything else, but she just looks at him with her big, sharp, grey eyes and says nothing more. Big, sharp, grey Points into her mouth. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> I did not expect I thought it was that. dark enough already, but no, no, there's more. Call it Cthulhu. I just had to go there. It's true. I just had to. What a kind offer. It is, you know. She's a humanitarian. Oh, oh my goodness. That's very good. Sorry. Sorry. 100 points right there. <laughs> my God. Gain D4 to every skill. Whatever it is you're referring to, I will have to turn it down. I no longer want to carry him with us on our journey. Let's just go. I'm, I'm sick of this place. And Sophie and will just begin sort of walking in the direction to wherever they're staying and won't speak to anyone for the rest of the time we're in Srinagar unless it's business related. Oh, so big. Goddamn. I think Timur, being the uh, emotionally constipated man that he is, will probably wander up to you at some point and just do that sort of awkward pat on your shoulder thing without saying anything. <laughs> and then wander away again awkwardly. So you, would you say you've spent... How long would you say? You said you went there day after day. How many days did you spend in Srinagar? Let's say maybe three or four. If you ever in the future roll a critical success on a sanity roll, you get to automatically nominate another key connection. Or if you do this for another connection and you pass your sanity roll, then you can also nominate it as your key connection. So you leave Srinagar and you keep moving forward on your journey following Tenzin. It takes you another week, but you find yourselves in a small village overlooked by a British fort and the fortified picket atop Damcot Hill. You recall those of you with history, law, Buddhism or occult. Uh, that Yuan Chang wrote about Lake Danakosha when he visited in the 7th century CE. And it's somewhere around this area, or at least it's supposed to be. Mm. Tenzin says, You know, uh, according to legend, 
Padmasampava was incarnated as an eight-year-old child, appearing in a lotus blossom floating in Lake Tanakosha. His special nature was recognized by the childless local king of Odiana, and he was chosen to take over the kingdom. I think we are at the right place. I I'm not sure exactly where the lake would be. Perhaps we can ask some of the locals. Indeed. I have to say, I admire the, the faith of any monarch willing to give up his throne uh, because of <laughs> because he's confident um, of the mystical incarnation uh, in, in the form of an eight-year-old child. I, I would have liked to be there when a king <laughs> handed over his crown to an infant in a lotus bloom. Mm. And that is wisdom. The more who's been sort of looking thoughtfully off into the distance, will suddenly say, uh, specifically to Eudora, I guess, actually, I am not certain, but I think that today is Christmas Day. For you, at least. It is not for me. Is it? Good heavens, I haven't really been keeping track recently. Ah, oh, I should give Shenshu the day off lessons, it's only fair. No, you know what? I'll do a special Christmas lesson. Uh, and teach her about the nativity and so on. I should go make some notes. What is what is Christmas? Tenzin also looks confused. <laughs> oh, you'll love it. Um, it all happened in this town called Bethlehem. And uh, Eudora gives a brief rundown <laughs> all about stars and wise men and, and the importance of myrrh and whatnot. Tenzin interrupts at some point and says, I believe we should be perhaps looking for a... A holy site, a site of significance of some sort. That that's that's probably where the, the lake would be. And he walks off and starts talking to some pilgrims and asking them for directions. It seems like an auspicious day to begin searching for a, a holy site, yes? Oh, hallelujah and praise be. <laughs> he returns and says, uh, this feels promising. While there are several holy sites within this Wad Valley here. Around five miles up the road, I've been told there are the remnants of the largely buried stone monument of Andanderi. Oh. Let us go there. This lake we are looking for, it is presumably no longer a lake, or it would not be lost. I've been wondering that. I mean, is it underground, or, or are the locals just not very curious at all? He nods in satisfaction at your questions and proceeds. I wonder are these ruins in some form of uh, basin or bowl or something? You, you mean like a dried up lake sort of thing? Yes. I say that'd be fun if the only reason nobody's ever found the thing is just that they haven't considered it might have dried up in these hundreds of years. I always feel like I'm talking to a bit of a brick wall with with, with uh, Mr. Kao Sang over there. Does anyone else get that feeling of... Is it, is it just with me? I don't... I don't... The way he just smiles and walks off like that. I don't think he is on the same plane as us. He is all prophecy all the time. He is a wise man, but not necessarily a worldly man. Ooh, true. I, I still notice he still uh, casts his eyes aside from any sight of wheels. Have you noticed? He just looks heavenward. It looks very holy and everything. All, uh, you know, above it all. But I'm pretty sure he just doesn't like watching them turn. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it would certainly make this journey a lot easier if we were doing it by cart and horse rather than walking. But, you know. <laughs> but he won't have it. We tried. 
<laughs> he keeps sabotaging them, breaks all the wheels in the night. Tenzin is not a violent man. <laughs> After a couple of hours, you make it to the site. A tree-covered mound is marking it. It is the Andanderi Stupa, as Tenzin calls it. It rises from the surrounding cultivated land. It is all but hidden from view beneath the shrubs and grasses. The broad base of the valley slopes gently toward the mound, indicating that the fields may have once been the site of a lake, although there's absolutely no sign of it now. Tenzin approaches the base of the mound with great reverence and begins to walk around it counterclockwise, chanting a prayer and counting off his mala beads as he goes. After three complete circuits of the stupa, he clambers onto the mound to investigate it further. When he finishes, he returns and says, Oh, excuse me, friends, I'm just showing respect to the birthplace of the precious teacher, Padmasambhava. Shall we do the same? <laughs> yeah, you all go for three counterclockwise circles of the whole lake. Nice. When in Rome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with the holy deed. When you're done... He takes a breath and he looks at each of you, eyes slightly squinting as if he's studying you. He passes one hand in front of each of your foreheads and then he looks at you, Timur. You, my friend. He retrieves one of the items you picked up from the secret chamber at the Caves of the Thousand Buddhas and hands it to you. Take this. Hold the stone mirror at face height, but slightly to one side, so that when you look into it, you can see over your left shoulder. Will I see things in the mirror that I cannot see with my eyes? Hmm. You see what I mean? It's this sort of thing I'm talking about. I call that very unhelpful. I understand the answer. He waits until you do it, then he says, good. Now close your eyes, take a deep breath, and think of the sound of gently lapping water. Once that is fixed in your mind, you can open your eyes again. Okay. So I imagine Timur might find it a little bit difficult to still his mind, to be honest. Um, but well, there's he... a roll for that. <laughs> oh, is there? Ha! <laughs> okay, what do I need to roll? Pow. Oh, well, Power thankfully, roll. I have quite good pow, so... It is no coincidence. Here we go. Uh, but that, unfortunately, is an 80. Oof. Oh, no. And I have 70 pals. So the question is, do I want to spend 10 luck Oof. on passing this roll? That would take me to 45. You the do. last time I spent 10 luck, it turned out to save our lives from a hurricane which was going to stop next turn anyway. So I advocate against it. <laughs> Hoard your luck. That's my <laughs> advice. Well, what's the current uh, what's the current party luck roll? Uh, I think that still falls to me because it turns out Hasina is mysteriously lucky. Um, yeah, I got 50. Is... See, what is with that? Come on. Eudora's she, luck she is 29. She was wealthy and popular and pretty until a man... Caved her head in with I'm, a rock. Imagine how high it was before all of that happened. <laughs> yeah, mm. she dropped yeah. <laughs> Okay. You know what? I'm going to spend the luck. Oh, nice. really? Brave yeah. man. Why not? Thank I'm, you. I'm still not. I'm still not lowering the lowering the uh, party luck. I'm lowering, no, I'm lowering my own. Forty-five. Okay. When you open your eyes, you see a broad, glittering lake reflected in the mirror. I. 
I see it. See see what, Timur? What, my friend? I see the lake. If I sort of start to turn myself sort of clockwise, can I see more of the lake? Yes, but uh, you can see that moving is shaking your concentration and the image becomes less clear. And it works better when you're staying still and concentrating. Okay, I'll stop still and try and calm my breathing then. If you try to move and try to look directly at the image without using them along, you see that there is no water there, just fields. But if you use the artifact once again, the image is gone and now there is nothing in the mirror but dim reflections of trees and bushes on the mount. Timor, roll a sanity, please. Okay. Uh, nope, that's a fail. Lose one sanity, please. Tenzin tends to you and says, This is a melong. It lets you see visions at places of great power. Would perhaps any of you like to see the mystical lake as well? Confirm this as its true sight? And he offers the melong out to everyone else. I'll take it. He gives you the melong and he shares the same instructions with you as he did with Timor. And... You concentrate. Roll power, please. Uh, I just miss it. Would you like to spend luck? Mm. Or would you like to push? I'll spend three points of luck to see it. You also get a glimpse of that amazing lake reflected in the mirror. It's beautiful. Eudora, Hasina, come, come look. If you try to look through the mirror while... Sophian is holding it. You can't see anything through it. I, I don't know, you fellows. Just just looks like trees and things to me. I'll see if I can look. I can't see anything. Tenzin says, you need to concentrate and meditate through the mirror. You could not do it without holding it yourselves. When you're ready, you can also try if you like. And he turns to you, Sophian, to check if... You're satisfied with your vision? I am. I will uh, pass it on to whoever wants it next. Sophian, please roll sanity. Fantastic. Something I'm not very good at anymore. Whoa, I rolled a seven. I'm okay. Very good. Who wants to go next? Are we witnessing any sort of reaction from Timur and Sophian as they're losing the sanity? Sophian didn't lose any sanity. Oh, sorry. Timur did a little bit. Visibly, did he do anything? One sanity. What do you do to more losing that one sanity? I imagine Timor gives a little sort of startled grunt. That's about as much as you'll get from him. All right, that's fine. Well, that seems like a neat trick, but uh, after, after you, Hasina, please. Hasina, uh, just giving you a heads up that even one sanity loss will put you in a bout of madness right now. Ooh, maybe it's a good idea not to then. No, no, please. I insist. <laughs> you wonder whether you're in a resilient enough place in your life to be meddling with magical items. Don't you want to see the Mystic Lake? I would love to see the Mystic Lake, but perhaps not today. All right, well, well give it here. I'll describe it to you. <laughs> it's a lake. Uh, it's kind of wet. It's got some yeah, fish in it. Watery. Yeah. <laughs> uh Tenzin once more gives you the directions. Please roll power. Mm -hmm. Roll it all the way to the floor. Well, without touching the die, that's a 19, so I'm going to keep that. Oh, of course. 
Yes, you also see the beautiful lake. It's lovely, Athena. Honestly, very restful. And, uh, well, yes, I can see why they tell stories about it. Um, Shen Chu, would you like a look? <laughs> Anyone else want to take a peek? Pass this thing around the caravan? Show the camels. <laughs> May the camels be enlightened. Timur will put his hand on Shen Chu's shoulder and say, I think it might be best if she stays away from such things for now. Shen Chu shrugs and she leaves you with it. Uh, of course, Eudora, roll me sanity, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, 79, that's a fail. Uh, lose one sanity, please. I don't blame you, Shen Chu. That's, that's give me a bit of a headache. Tenzin, I think you can have this back now. I've seen enough. Tenzin takes the Malong mirror back and he takes a deep breath in, then a slow breath out, and he says, I feel certain this must be the right place. Let us search for the ritual bowl's resting place. This is so exciting. How do we know where it's hidden? It seems like the ruins are a good place to start, yes? I believe... The legend says that it is at the base of the stupa, among the bushes and weeds, so we shall start there. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. No! no. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you can get early access to episodes. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cult Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links, on our website at starsareright.com. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to starsareright.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Oliver Smith said, One of the things I love most about this game is how much it feels like a genuine home game. This isn't a group of actors doing improv and occasionally including dice rolling. They are genuinely playing Call of Cthulhu and having fun doing it. The occasional daft jokes and out-of-character interactions between the players add to this. Plus, any podcast that includes hard success to kick a chicken is a winner for me. <laughs> Thank you, Oliver Smith. Oliver Smith